This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, hello. Welcome to the broadcast. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate. And since this is the, uh, you know, the Blaze Radio Network, it's not your ordinary, not your father's Oldsmobile, okay? We'll do things a little bit differently. You may have noticed that the uh, the show um, prior to this show, uh, Pure Opelka, uh, hosted by Michael Pelka was a uh, well, I mean they call it a best of, a replay of an earlier broadcast. And that was because uh, Mike had some issues yesterday and wasn't able to get into the city to do his show. And I thought, well, heck, I mean that stinks, right? I mean he's just coming off the convention. He's been in Cleveland, <laughs> and uh, I mean we should talk to him a little bit about it. And find out, you know, what's going on and what's happening. And if he's going to give us a special maybe recap podcast this week, something. And uh, so, you know, I wanted to get him on the air and say, hi, Mike. Hi, Jeffy. (laughs) Oh, no. What happened? Oh, Uh, The machines conspired against us. Oh, no. I was in the middle of nowhere in Ohio yesterday, and my car suddenly sent a message saying, drivetrain failure, please drive moderately, which, you know, I oh, can't. Yeah. Right. So, so I had to stop for quite a while, and it prevented, prevented me from uh, making it in. But I did learn something. I stopped in the town where they invented the toothbrush. Well, good for Ohio. At least they did something. Yeah, had it been anywhere else, they would have called it the teeth brush, but everybody so, there just had one. Correct. Thank you. Be here all week. <laughs> yes, all week. So, oh, so yeah. uh, first of all, uh, first of all, I mean, it, it was your drivetrain part of a recall that you weren't aware of? Uh, was it, you know, what's, what's the deal? Was it a no, rental car? A, was it your car? My car, brand new car, oh. 2016 model. Oh. And, uh, yeah, needed a, uh, a satellite-delivered System reset, but it took a while. A satellite delivered system reset. Yeah, yeah you I mean, know, was, like was when the you satellite call a company and you say, <laughs> yes. I, I, I can't get the upper tier channel, so they, we're going to send a signal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was the satellite on the other side of the globe? Was it blocked by the moon? We couldn't just make that happen. 
it doesn't automatically, it has to recycle and go through a series of issues. Well, first you have to call the dealer and then they try and diagnose the problem and then they send you to the, the help center and you, you're told to push the SOS button. You know, it's a whole thing. I'm sitting in the middle of Ohio. Reset the damn car! <laughs> Eventually it did, but uh, I'm back on the road again. I'll be in Philly starting, well, starting tomorrow, actually. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad you're okay. So yeah, thank you. You, uh, you uh, left Cleveland. Were you happy? Were you excited? Uh, anything anything big that you wanted to report from the exciting, and I do mean exciting, uh, convention? Uh, well, there was the a RMC. lot going on outside, and we tried to show you much of it, the protests and, and just the, the craziness in the streets of Cleveland and the massive police presence. Yeah, the you security know, cops, cops was huge. Everywhere. And they were incredible. I have to tell you, Jeffy, I came prepared uh, with both uh, protection gear and a, a sidearm just in case. <laughs> yes. And I required neither because of the massive police presence that controlled everything. Uh, and they were, they were amazing. There was one time when a group of protesters, um, about 150 of them, stretched up and down the entrance to the RNC, the main entrance, and these bike Ugh. cops moved in, and they have actually like synchronized swimmers. They have routines, and they can move and block a group. Three to four protesters are blocked by each bike. So they move and create a chain, and they effectively cut off anything they're trying to do. It's really something to watch. <laughs> Was there any uh, – besides? once the uh, security blocked off these protesters – did we have any, I mean, I didn't see any uh, big fights or, uh, you know, security going few, crazy. We saw a couple of arrests. The, um, the cops all had the plastic handcuffs, you know, those, yeah. the, t the ties that they put on you. Right. Uh, I saw they grabbed a couple of people who tried to uh, breach the line, and some people who refused to let cr credentialed people pass were actually taken away. Uh, they would search their bags in front of them, and there, there weren't too many violent altercations. There was just, I think, a lot of yelling, mostly from the Westboro people who were wow. just – they didn't get the memo that you don't make friends by screaming obscenities at people through a megaphone. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And some of the most uh, colorful language I've heard outside of the Bronx – <laughs> well, I saw uh, one video where uh, your your man, uh, Alex Jones, uh, was uh, shouting at people through a, a megaphone. So I know he was there. Did you have to happen to run into Alex? I witnessed Alex t trying to take over the Young Turks booth. Yes, I saw the, the video of that. I saw several videos of that, actually, different angles. It was uh, pretty impressive. That was probably the most uh, violent or physical confrontation that happened. And it happened inside in the media row, which looked more like a Turkish market on a, what on is a his, hot day. Right. <laughs> what is his deal? I mean, he broke in on, on the Turk show. He did. Uh, he and uh, who's the other jerk with him? Uh, they, Stone, right? Yeah, Roger Stone. They tried to take over the Young Turk show and really in a confrontational manner. And yeah. I don't. I don't fully get it. I don't grasp the whole poetic being of Alex Jones, so excuse me, but it, it just seemed too bizarre. Ooh, and well, and I... then to, to keep pushing until there was nearly a physical confrontation, it seems like that was his end game to begin with. Right, and then, and then he ended up, you know, just a security's here. Okay, well, I'll leave, I'll leave okay then. 
I don't want to get if you, you know, if you stand up to him and call yes. him out, I think he really does back down. I don't think those Alex Jones vitamins actually work. No, I don't think they do either. Uh, well, uh, well, first of all, we know the weight control program that he's selling <laughs> certainly is not well, something I'd be bragging about being on for the last 12 years. As he, does. I am on, I am on that same Alex Jones weight control program, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm not, Alex, I'm not giving Alex a hard time over that. <laughs> I, I think one of the most interesting things inside the convention was roaming the halls backstage on the floor because you got to see every media person without yeah. the camera and lights. You got to talk to, uh, I saw Donna Brazil and S.E. Cup, two people who are so diametrically opposed to one another politically, talking and laughing. And I, I had to ask, what are, you, what are you talking about? And they were talking about raising a baby because S.E. had one on Yeah, not long ago. ago, yeah. And Donna Brazil's one of her best friends had a child. She lost her husband and got very sick having the baby. So Donna ended up raising this child for the first two months of its life. And the two of them were just, it was wonderful to watch. But, uh, you know, your buddy Shepard Smith was there and uh, Kilmeade Kilmeade sent some greetings to you guys. And so did (laughs) Anderson Cooper. Oh, I love Anderson. The, the delegates were a blast. I went to every delegation and talked to them. Although the New Hampshire delegation, they checked out before the final night. Really? Yeah, they, they had better places funny. to be, somebody told me. <laughs> I mean, it was it hunting season starting? Was I'm the- not quite sure, but there were like two people left in the New, in the New Hampshire delegation. I said, well, what's going on here? Uh, everybody figured they'd get out now. <laughs> wow. But the, the merchandise on the street was interesting. Did you see the picture of the two cereal boxes I posted? I did. I did. I liked it very much. The story on that is fantastic, Jeff, because here's, here's a kid from New Jersey, a college kid, who decided he was going to try and make money. He created a 1,000 of these cereal boxes oh, wow. out, of his own, out of his own pocket. He made a Hillary box, and uh, they were and Clinton Trump Crunch box. and Trump Flakes. It was great. And it cost him 25 bucks a box Ooh. to make these custom printed boxes. That's so a good hit for up, a box. He put up $25,000 wow. to get this done. He went out on the street, and on the first day, he sold 600 boxes <laughs> at 40 bucks a box. Good Jeffy, for him. He's Good walking for him. away from this convention with a $15,000 profit. Good for him. I, I'm, that makes him. me so happy. Yes, it that, does. That's capitalism right there on the street. That's a, that's a perfect example of it. So don't it worry. Was, don't worry. He'll get to keep about two grand of that. So don't. don't he, he's good. I'm just saying there was a lot of cash transaction. I don't know how many records oh. are actually available for. <laughs> <laughs> but there so, were some. Uh, there were a lot of shirts and buttons that we can't yeah. actually uh, describe here. There were people that weren't happy with Trump. Uh, and there were a lot of people who weren't happy with uh, Clinton. So they all had merchandise uh, mocking them. And I'm sure there was uh, uh, some people not happy with Cruz, too. So it was all, it was all kinds of fun. I didn't see too much of that. You know, there, there, was, really there was not a whole lot of that outside of the moment after Ted's mentioning vote your conscience. There really didn't seem to focus on that. Uh, love, and there wasn't I, any Cruz merch out there, really. I love the fact that uh, so Ted Cruz says vote your conscience, 
uh, vote who you believe will, uh, you know, follow the Constitution. And everybody knows he's not talking about Trump. I mean, come on. Hello. <laughs> he, he never but, even mentioned it. Well, and did you watch it. Hillary last night saying, I, I, I have to agree with Ted Cruz? <laughs> I, I, mean, I everybody I, knows it's unbelievable. It was fantastic, but here's the weird part about that. Ted Cruz says, "Vote your conscience," and gets booed. Uh, Ivanka Trump says, "I'm not really a Republican," and she gets yay, applauded. Yay! <laughs> you just sit there and go, "Hold on a second. Bizarro world. It certainly is. And uh, before we get, we'll do a quick hit on Hillary. I know I'm up against the clock, but I wanted to, if you, when did you get to the convention? Because the day before the convention started, uh, the big time uh, photographer, Spencer Tunick, showed up with his uh, hundred nude women uh, photograph outside the uh, center in uh, Cleveland. And I just wondered, uh, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you happened to catch any of that, because I was looking at some of the. You think I'd exactly uh, admit to that here on on this gigantic show? Yes. <laughs> no, I unfortunately missed that. I'm, oh. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, it's never the ones you want to see naked. Well, for the most part, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, are you do you are you going to look? Yes. Of you course. want to. <laughs> I might even photograph <laughs> just for uh, strictly research purposes. Strictly research purposes. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not getting anything out of it. Give me a break. So we had uh, Hillary last night, and you've got uh, Tim Kaine. I'm told. Well, first, whoa, wait a second, because I want you. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, I saw your picture of the Univision bag. Uh, oh the, yeah, the swag bag from Univision. Did you grab like one or two to give away on the show for a little, you know, a little giveaway? Uh, well, inside the little Univision swag bag is one of those portable battery chargers. I love, I love those. I've got like three or four of those bad boys. Yeah. Those are great. And they're perfect when you're out on the street like yes, we were. Yes, they are. So those are great. This was, Jeffy, the interesting thing about this, inside the Republican governor's lounge is where this was. Don't ask how I got in. Just know I was there for about three hours because the food and the drink were fantastic. But on every table, there were these giant glass jars filled with Univision bags with a mini battery charger so you could, you know, not run out of juice on the floor. Yeah. But on the label, it says, trying to win without Univision? Good luck with that, amigo. Think about it. Think well, about passive it. And, aggressive there, Univision. And that leads into, uh, you know, having uh, Tim Kaine uh, picked for uh, Hillary Clinton, right? Mr. I Can Speak Spanish. He can go up against, uh, he can go up against Univision anytime. He will be speaking Spanish to Jorge Ramos, I'm certain. In, in one of their planned interviews. But, no, I'm not giving away the Univision swag because those are uh, very, very bad. But there, there is a, um, a bag of RNC uh, different swag up for grabs, including some of the credentials from each day because, as you know, those are real collector's <laughs> items. <laughs> those are real collector's items. I mean, that's something to look forward to. There's only thirty, forty, fifty thousand of those running around. Okay, so uh, I know I'm I know I'm up against the clock, but you didn't have an opportunity to go over a lot of the convention and recap it, and I appreciate you coming on today. But are you going to do some kind of uh, special podcast for you know the pure Opelka stunt brain uh, fans to listen to and get a recap? Absolutely, I'll go from um, Monday with Melania's speech and the Donald's daily appearances 
including his big brother-like appearance on Tuesday, which still kind of creeps me out, to my adventures with convention hats and Newt giving me the stink eye in an elevator on Thursday. Nice. That's great. So that's something yeah. to look forward to at uh, theblaze.com slash radio, uh, Bureau Pelka. You can download that uh, late Monday, early Tuesday, maybe? Uh, maybe even late Sunday. Oh, nice. And if you uh, actually click on uh, follow, uh, you know, oh, my gosh, you'll know when he's finished because he'll send you an update. Thanks, Mike. That's right. D- Doc and Skip will probably make a guest appearance as they are bunking in with me for the uh, Philly adventure. Oh, we're going to be in Philadelphia, too. Oh, my gosh. That will oh, yeah. be fun. That will be fun. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to that, actually. Yeah, buckle in, you know, people. This one's yeah. going to be a rough ride. You aren't lying. I hope security is even better there. Oof. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know how you can beat what Cleveland did, Jeffy. They had 2,500 cops from all over the country. I hope the DNC is smart enough to pick up on that trend. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's that's hope with capital letters, too, because you don't know that that's actually true. Thanks, Mike. No. Thanks, Jeffy. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. it. Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, More on the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network in mere moments. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the show. You know, if you're in the market for a new mattress... Casper.com slash Fisher should be the next website you visit. Casper has created an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It's one perfect mattress that's sold directly to you, eliminating the need to endure one of those commissioned salesman mattress stores with inflated prices. Casper is shipped for free to your door, delivered in a sleek, how did it fit in there box? You just let it unfold, and there you have it. One of the most supportive sleep surfaces ever designed, hassle-free. Casper is made in America. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Breathable latex and memory foams are combined for just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Right now... Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash fisher. Casper.com, promo code Fisher. Terms and conditions apply. Casper.com slash Fisher. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, and Instagram at JeffyMRA. Of course, uh, we'll talk a little Hillary Clinton. She she, uh, tagged her vice president uh, yesterday, which uh, didn't come as any really big surprise to the insiders. Uh, Just seemed like a kind of a weird pick. Uh, same with the Trump pick, though, with Pence. I mean, it didn't come for the insiders. I guess it was, you know, not a big surprise, but just kind of a weird pick for the candidate themselves. Uh, we will talk a little bit about uh, Trump uh, at the convention and after the convention. Um, you know, if he's your guy, good for you. Good for you. And we had, of course, another uh, another terror shooting. Oh, wait, we we may never know the actual 
motivation behind this. Um, I know uh, there's some reports of some things happening, but still, it may not be a terrorist attack. And good news. Good news for those of you listening in California and Nevada or headed out that way. Google, Google is giving away free gas between L.A. and Las Vegas. Huh? Come on now. It started yesterday. It goes through tonight. All right? Uh, you get two, You get free gas, and they're giving away free burgers at Peggy Sue's Diner, uh, east of Barstow, free liquid nitrogen coffee. I mean, come on. It's all part of uh, the new Google Maps uh, app that they are promoting, and they're they're giving away free stuff just so they know exactly where you are and what you're doing at all times. Thank you, Google. Thank you. We appreciate it. And we've got so much more to get to, too. We're going to talk a little bit of Emmys today, and uh, I'm excited to talk to uh, Eric Deggins from NPR about the Emmys. And uh, also, oh, my gosh, you know what else came out? A new trailer for a show I am looking forward to so much. I may have to air it. You never know. I just might have to air it. This is The Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number, and that it is, the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So, uh, Friday, uh, yesterday, uh, sparked a manhunt in uh, Munich as uh, we had another uh, terrorist attack. Uh, they believe that uh, there were three perpetrators, uh, but uh, as far as I know, they only have the one that killed himself. And uh, it's funny that they originally said that they may never know whether it was a terrorist attack or whether, you know, we never know. We may never know. We may never know his motivations, except that it was being reported that he was, uh, you know, yelling Ali Akbar as he was shooting and killing uh, kids and families and people. You know, don't worry about it. There's only eight or nine dead. Ah, This one's little, right? Outside the McDonald's. Eh. We've got eight or nine dead. Don't worry about it. Stop it. So how's all that immigration working out for Europe? Germany, France, Spain, more coming. Yeah. How's that, well, how's that working out for you? Good? Good. Good. Hey, had Hillary Clinton pick uh, Senator Tim Kaine from Virginia as her running mate, uh, potential vice president, if she wins the president presidency uh, for the Democratic Party. And uh, Donald Trump uh, picked uh, the great Mike Pence out of Indiana, who uh, has gone way down, uh, way down in my uh, in my view of Pence. I mean, he was always uh, he was always kind of a cool guy. In fact, I was reminded that he was at uh, you know the nine twelve gathering in Washington D.C. Um, he was you know he was 
uh, you know, at least partial conservative guy. Um, and now uh, it seems that he's sold out and given in to the, uh, you know, the Trumpster. Uh, the convention was a sight to see, wasn't it? Wasn't it? For those of you that didn't watch it, bless you. Bless you. Go with God. Because I tried my best to watch as little as possible. Uh, it was difficult to watch as little as possible because I was interested <laughs> in what some of these dingleberries were saying and what was going on. It was supposed to be the spectacle of the uh, RNC, and it was supposed to be put on by the showman Donald Trump. And the only time that we ever got the showman uh, wrestling, uh, WWE, uh, big-time uh, television show, Super Bowl of uh, conventions kind of thing was the first night, right, when Trump just came out. It looked like the WWE with the smoke and standing there, and you had his profile, and uh, out he comes. I mean, it, it, it was, it, that's the only one you got. Right, he came out as Mr. President. Everything was low-key after that, I thought. It was very weird. Weird. Um, I think they thought that they'd start out with a bang like that and then you know, gradually get to more presidential as the week goes on so that when he came out for his big speech on Thursday, um, you know, it was very presidential and the backdrop was all flags and it was you know, slow. He came out. He was Mr. Mr. Dark. I, th- I mean, whew, man. Go back and listen to just some of the things that he said in that speech on Thursday. And some of it is a little frightening. And if you find yourself saying, well, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, if you find yourself saying that, think again maybe. Stop and take a step back. Just take a step back and listen to it again. And when you hear it again, if you find yourself saying, yeah, but, no, take another step back and listen again. And keep stepping back and listening again until you stop saying, yeah, but Trump. Okay? Because then we had yesterday uh, the new, more presidential Donald Trump uh, giving a... Thank you, little speech uh, to the volunteers and supporters for a successful convention. And uh, he was, uh, you know, behind the microphone. And Pence was behind him with his cute little smirk on his face. And just kind of, <laughs> oh, it was so fun. And then Donald decided, hey, um, you know what? I should probably... I don't know, beat up Ted Cruz for a little bit. If you turn on television, you you turn on some of the dishonest media, you'll see that, oh, wow. Okay, right there. Oh, my gosh. That happened. What happened? Dishonest media. Still throwing media under the Somebody got booed the the hell out of a place by thousands and thousands of people. There wasn't one person in the room. There wasn't one person in the room. Not one. Not one. And then they said... There may not be unity. Unity. There wasn't one person in the room who was with, including the Texas delegation. Right? Honestly, he may have ruined his political career. I feel so oh bad. My gosh. I, I feel so you, bad. 
Do you, Don? And, you know, he'll come and endorse over the next little while. He'll come and endorse because he has no choice. Will he? But I don't want his endorsement. What difference does it make? I don't want his endorsement. I have such great endorsement. I don't want his endorsement. Just, Ted, stay home, relax, enjoy yourself. <laughs> Just a couple of things. I knew his speech. They gave me a speech. I saw exactly what his speech was. Because uh -huh. when you go up to speak, you have to give your speech. You know, we don't want surprises, right? So they gave it. They came to me. They said, it's a boring speech, Mr. Trump. Nothing good, nothing bad. He congratulates you on the victory. And here's the speech. Well, he got up, and in the first two sentences, he added a sentence. Oh, in other words, really? he got up, huh. and he added a sentence, which could have been viewed as a nasty thing in terms of what he said. Really? Because he was implying something which is wrong, but that's okay. So he took his speech, and you're bound by that speech, just like you're bound by the pledge. Oh, really, Doug? You mean the same pledge that you said you didn't have to abide so by? So Ted Cruz took his speech that was done, was on the teleprompter, said hello, then made a statement that wasn't on the speech, and then went back to his speech. See, to me, that's dishonorable. I don't know if I can take the other two cuts. But that's your man, Donald Trump. Uh, giving his heartfelt thanks to the volunteers and supporters for a successful convention. Um, dishonest media booed out of the place, ruined his career, uh, didn't honor the pledge. Didn't read word for word the speech that was on the teleprompter like like so many others at the convention, you've got to read word for word what is on the teleprompter. And then he didn't endorse. I don't want his endorsement. No, he didn't endorse, Don, but he did say, tell everyone to vote to their conscience and up and down the ticket for someone who that would follow the Constitution. And I find it amazing. It was pointed out uh, during, right after the speech. Uh, and I, I hate to give him credit, but Stu uh, pointed it out that it was fascinating that he said, vote your conscience. Vote for someone who, you know, follow the Constitution up and down the ticket. And everyone knew that he wasn't talking about Donald Trump. He didn't say it. So you already know you've sold out. But remember, this is, this is, this is yesterday, and this is a little lighthearted thank you to the volunteers and supporters for such a successful convention. Um, he, didn't, he didn't stop there. I like Teddy's fine. Again, I don't want Do his you? endorsement. If he gives it, I will not accept it, just so you understand. If he gives it, I will. I will not accept it. It won't matter. Honestly, he should have done it because why? he cares. Well, and then he why should he have done it, Ted? In better shape for four years from now if he's going to be. I don't think, I don't see him winning anyway, frankly. Huh. For four years from now, you already get thrown in the towel, Don? Already thrown in the towel, or you just figure, you know, he's going to go up against me as, as the, as the incumbent, and there's no way that that can happen. 
Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, I wonder, did it did it continue or did he say, hey, thanks for the great convention. We appreciate it. I've got to go. His father. Oh. I, his father. I met him once. I think he's a lovely guy. I think he's a lovely guy. All I did is point out the fact that on the cover of the National Enquirer, there was a picture of her, him and oh. crazy Lee Harvey Oswald having breakfast. All I did was just point it out. Now, Ted never denied that it was that's, his father. That's not true. Instead, he said, Donald Trump, I had nothing to do with it. This was a magazine that, frankly, in many respects, should be very respected. They got OJ. They got Edwards. They got Those this. Two. I mean... There's two out of 18 billion If that was the New York stories. Times, they would have gotten Pulitzer Prizes for their reporting. I've always said, why didn't the National Enquirer get the Pulitzer Prize for Edwards and O.J. Simpson and all of these things? And all of these things. Anyway, I've, so always picture, I've always said that. I've always said that, all these things. Having breakfast with Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, nothing, I'm not saying anything. They said... And here's how the press takes that story. So this had nothing to do no, with we're me. We're going to beat up on the press a little bit Except more. Except I might have pointed it out, but it had nothing to do with me. I have no control over anything. I might have pointed it out. But they never denied. Did anybody ever no deny that it was the father? Anything. They're not saying, oh, that wasn't really my father. It's a little hard to do because it looks like him. That's your man. That's the Republican candidate for the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. That's your man. The day after he was officially uh, accepted the nomination for to run for president of the United States for the Republican Party, at his little get-together, thanking all the volunteers and supporters for a successful convention. Uh, that's your man, Donald Day Trump. With his vice presidential pick, uh, Mike Pence, uh, Chuckling and smiling behind him. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Don. <laughs> yep, you're right, Don. <laughs> That's your man. Doomed. Doomed we are. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. Welcome to it. Uh, coming up immediately following this broadcast, to Chris Salcedo, and then Mike Slater, and then Joe Pags, all live, all new here on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Uh, we have uh, news that ISIS has uh, had a couple of suicide bombers. Uh, good news. Uh, only killing, uh, you know, between 30 and 100 people. That's good. They're taking credit for it. Uh, and so that's exciting news, and I believe that they're uh, you know they're happy and excited about uh, taking credit for the uh, uh, the shootout in uh, Germany uh, yesterday as well. So good. Hey, what do you do on August fifth, sixth, and seventh? Nothing. Well, make plans to come here uh, to the museum put on by uh, Mercury Museum, Liars or Liberty. It's going to feature thousands of artifacts. Uh, my wife has been taking pictures of so many of these artifacts that's going to be in the in the tour. 
Uh, some of them are fascinating. My kids have been here looking at them and just uh, lo- loving the uh, the George Washington and, and the, the founder stuff. Um, so go to liarsorliberty.com, liarsorliberty.com, and get your tickets. You can get uh, – there's general admission tickets. There's private tours with Glenn or David Barton. There's a special VIP night. There's also probably going to be some you know, private tours with, oh, I don't know, myself, Pat, Stu. Uh, we'll, all, we'll all be here. We'll all be hanging out, uh, giving tours of the museum and checking it out. So, I mean, last time was great. And so uh, I'm really actually looking forward to this. So August 5th, 6th, and 7th, go to liarsorliberty.com. You can do that, right? You can do that, no problem. All right, so thank you. I look forward to seeing you here in uh, Las Colinas, Texas, here at the Mercury Studios. Season 7, Walking Dead. Uh, the trailer was just released uh, at Comic-Con and uh, looks pretty darn good. Now, I have an interview with uh, uh, Eric Deggins coming up uh, next hour. We're going to talk a little TV and a uh, little Emmys. A little bit of the Emmys, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit of Walking Dead with uh, Eric and see, uh, you know, see exactly uh, how he feels about that. Because the Emmys, uh, the Emmys, they don't like the Walking Dead. They do not like the Walking Dead. I mean, the Walking Dead ends up getting, uh, you know, uh, best cast made for a show under thirty three hours. Uh, they get nominated for that. They don't win it, but they get nominated for it. So it's really, really kind of weird. And we're going to have to talk to Eric uh, maybe a little bit about that as well. And exciting news from Nickelodeon. They're going to debut its first ever biracial gay couple on cartoon. The Loud House. The Loud House cartoon. Yay! The scene shows two dads dropping off their son off of a slumber party. Doesn't make a fanfare about the couple being same sex. Instead, focuses on their overprotective nature. Yay! I mean, it's not new for Nickelodeon. They've had drag queens, shown same sex kissing. So, I mean, this is just, I mean, this should have been done a long time ago, Nickelodeon. What the heck are you thinking? This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, joining us today, Eric Deggins. How about that? TV critic, uh, journalist, author, pundit. Bon vivant. You can call yourself that if you want. I don't want to call you that. I'm, I'm in too good a mood to call you that. I'm not even sure that. what that means, but I just I, I like the sound of it. And uh, television critic for uh, NPR, Eric, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Um, first, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Emmys. 
We had the big Emmys uh, coming up, and they released uh, they released the list of uh, nominees a week or so ago. And uh, how did you feel about those nominees overall? Um, it's interesting. I, I I sort of felt like you know I've, I've been covering TV for a long time since 1995, and usually when the Emmys roll around, you write that column where you just complain about all the stuff they missed, and you know the Emmys for many years had this reputation for honoring shows well past when they should have honored them, you know. So somebody would win an Emmy, um, and really the show that they were on was great, say, two seasons ago, you right, know. Right. Um, one of the most recent examples is um, last year they nominated this actress, uh, Tatiana Maslany, from this show called Orphan Black that's on BBC America, and she plays a character that's been cloned several times, so she actually plays six or seven different versions of the same person. Right. Um, one Ukrainian, one is um, uh, sort of a bohemian, one is sort of an uptight housewife, you know. It's an acting tour de force. And she did that show for three years before she got nominated. And so uh, you you just, you you get used to Emmy um, uh, being behind the curve. And, and, And this list of nominations this year is not that. It is so not that. They seem to have really made an effort to recognize shows when they are good. So Blackish, for example, on ABC got a lot of nominations, including um, uh, Best Actor in a Comedy for the star Anthony Anderson and Best Actress in a Comedy for Tracy Ellis Ross. That's a show that hit its creative peak just this past season. And so um, it, it's perfect that it would get those nominations now because the show is really good. It's one of the best ones. It's one of the best comedies on television. Um, there's also a, a show also on ABC called American Crime. That's this. Um, it's it's one of these interesting anthology series where they have the same cast, but they put them in different roles and they tell a different story every season. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Debuted last year, and it was about um, it was about the murder of. Uh, this guy in his apartment uh, with his and his uh, supposedly his wife, I think, had been sexually assaulted, but then they found out that might not have happened. And uh, it involved a, a multiplicity of characters of, of ethnicities and ages and and and, uh, and races. And then they took that same cast and they told a different story this year, which was about uh, a kid who was sexually assaulted in a in a high school. And um, and and a lot of the same actors, but they were playing totally different roles. Right. And so the show was much better this year, and it got um, Emmy nominations this year as opposed to last okay, year. Okay, so, I see that. That's um, that's the it, outstanding. There's a long way of saying that Emmy is, is is right on the curve now. They're right. They're they're right. They're hit. They're honoring these shows when they're good, and it's something that critics like me have been asking for for a long time. So I see. Actually, speaking of uh, American Crime, that they're in the uh, outstanding uh, limited series. Uh, do you think they have a chance against the People v. OJ? Simpson this year? Um, probably not. But what's interesting is that that limited series category has been a, a place to park series that are not sort of your conventional series. So, uh-huh. You know, um, People versus O.J. Simpson is um, that that's a series that's good. That's, they're going to do it again next year, but it won't be the O.J. Simpson case. It's going to be uh, Hurricane Katrina. So the series is called American Crime Story. That's on FX. And um, this year they did um, the O.J. Simpson trial. Next year they're going to do Hurricane Katrina in the aftermath, and they may tackle another crime story after that. So um, 
that's in the same category as Fargo, right. um, which is also on FX, and that's a show where it's based on the movie, right? Right. And the first season was uh, took place at one time, and it had one cast of characters. The second season, which it's being nominated for now, took place 30 years earlier and has an entirely different cast. Wow. And even though there's just two characters that are the same in both um, editions of the show, those those characters are much younger in the in the the you know thirty year earlier versions. So they were played by different people. So you have all these you know it's 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 they're series you know on the one hand, but they change a lot from season to season. So they get parked in this category called limited series. Right. Um, Roots is also there. Um, you know now Roots uh, they redid the classic miniseries on the History Channel, um, and that's just a one time thing. They 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 redid it um, this year. Um, so that show is is competing in the same category as um, uh, People versus O.J. Simpson and American Crime and Fargo, and they're all very different. But in, um, there's a little less competition in this category than best drama. So I think that's why some of these shows get get slated in, right. this, uh, in that category. Before we talk um, uh, a little bit about um, uh, some of the different uh, networks or producing networks uh, for shows. Let's talk a little bit about uh, since I want to be since I'm a little biased toward a, a show called The Walking Dead which I love. Uh they, they uh, the the Emmys don't seem to like that show. And no, I'm really kind of surprised why since it's one of the top shows, you know, on television. Uh maybe that's yeah. why. Uh but by well, Emmy uh you want me to explain it? I, I Yes, Emmy I do. Does not like what we call genre shows. Um so those are shows well, that are wait. Um, All right, stop shows, right there, Eric. Superhero shows stop, or, Eric. Um, Eric. Science fiction shows. What? Stop for a moment. I want to stop you at they don't like genre shows and let you see okay. the list of Game of Thrones <laughs> nominations in this list from the Emmys. Okay, so. Well, for every rule, there's an exception, uh, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Game of Thrones is such um, an achievement in terms of production. Um, and it airs on HBO, which always gets a lot of love from the Emmys. There's a lot of reasons why that show um, deserves and gets the most Emmy nominations. But then you look at the rest of the shows that get nominated, uh, and and there's hardly any of them are genre shows, right? Um, Game of Thrones is the one exception. Uh, But I think that's one reason why, you know, earlier I talked about Orphan Black, um, and, and the star of that show. I think one reason why it took her so long to get nominated is because Orphan Black is a science fiction show, and and Emmy um, generally um, does you know casts a skeptical eye towards shows like that. So even though you have a show like for me, I think a show like The Flash on the CW has incredible acting on it. Um, it has great writing. It, it is a it is a really well made yeah, uh, network show. network TV show. Yeah. Um, but it, it will never get nominated um, because um, Emmy uh, just – it doesn't give a lot of cachet uh, to a, a show like that, uh, in part, I think, because it's, it's based around a superhero. So um, I, I would say The Walking Dead is, is, is a show that has been sort of conspicuously snubbed over the years. I know. Because, uh, they do a lot of great work in, 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 uh, in makeup and special effects and staging uh, and production – and there's also uh, a lot of good acting. Now, I will yeah. also say, though, as a critic, that I feel like their last season um, is probably one of their weaker seasons. Uh, I, I would say 
only the second season of the show was was worse uh, than this one. Uh, um, they, I might, they, I might uh, actually have to give you that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they I, they took some chances that didn't pay off, and uh, and it wound and, and it wound up weakening the show to the point where I'm not surprised that they didn't get nominated this year. But um, last uh, the, the last Emmys. Um, um, uh, there, there were some really standout episodes that I think deserved recognition, and they just uh, they didn't get it. I know. Well, and, they and but think, look, I they still they still yeah. are able to walk away with you know possibly walking away with outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series. So <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't yeah, exactly. want that? Exactly. Uh, but there's there's some great acting on that show, and it gets overlooked, and that's unfortunate. Okay, so. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, how the Emmys have changed when you talked about FX. You mentioned HBO. We're talking about Walking Dead on AMC. And, and we're talking about a look at the, look at the shows coming at you from uh, Netflix, uh, Bloodline, House of Cards. Uh, those are great shows. Um, look how the, the ground has changed uh, now on television. It is, for me, I love it. Um, right. I, I mean, this is there's no better time on television than right now, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Um, I, I think most people who love television should love television right now because television right now is all about the will of the consumer. Um, it is the the reason why we have all these different platforms doing all this original programming is that um, the the advent of online technology. Uh, and streaming services have created this environment where um, the user, the, the viewer, has more control than they've ever had. Love it. You know, you you can you know I I have a I have a, a DVR that's per, that's uh, that I got from my cable provider, and it can record six channels at once, and it can hold uh, an incredible amount of programming. So I could spend. Uh, maybe about 20 or 30 minutes programming it. And then I never have to watch a minute of television I don't want to watch. See? And and that creates an environment I, I where these, 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 these channels have to give you shows that you want. Well, you it's know, a catch-22 for them, though, because when you – I mean, I, I give you that there's no better time for television. However, right. uh, having seen it a little bit from the inside, and I'm not a, uh, I am not an, uh, an expert by any means, but having seen it from the inside a little bit here working for uh, the Blaze Television Network uh, as well as Blaze Radio, um, you know, you're caught in a catch-22 because without – if you uh, – if you just start picking shows – uh, let's say AMC. Let's we'll, we'll use Walking Dead for an example. Uh, without Netflix, Walking Dead would be already over right now because there wasn't going to be any money. They made a couple of sh- a couple of years, and nobody you know was just kind of okay. That's a you know kind of a cool show. But then they threw it up on Netflix, and it was huge. So with if you just simply stick with cable and uh, hope that somebody watches a show, AMC has not enough money to produce these shows. And so all these little these little other separate networks, FX, uh, and 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 down the line, um, you know, they don't have they can't get the money without the cable money to do it. You know, on their own, it's pretty it's pretty tough to to make a living doing that. Right, right. Well, I'm not. You know, I'm. I said this is a great time for people who watch television. This <laughs> <laughs> is a great time for people who make television. But, right, right, But right, I would right, disagree right. with you a little bit, uh, specifically on the Walking Dead example. Um, the Walking Dead, um, so far, 
is the most watched scripted television um, amongst um, understand the eighteen to forty nine demographic on television. Understand, so but they are making money. But it has not been that cable runs of that uh, show. I understand that, um, but it's not been that way for the entire seven years. No, it hasn't been that way for the entire seven years, but it's been that way for a good portion of it. Okay, and without um, but and, that was and, my point. What what Netflix is doing is Netflix is doing what syndicated TV used to do. So so think back to um, Law and Order. Okay, the mm-hmm. original Law and Order. Uh, it, it, you know, old heads in your audience will remember this. Young people won't. But but when Law and Order first started on NBC. Um, it kind of floundered. It almost got canceled in its first season. They revamped the show. And then um, a few years into its run, they started rerunning it on A&E, right. Um, right. the A&E network. Right. And people started finding it there because it would air three times, uh, three different windows on A&E. So it was easy to watch. And because it was Law & Order, all the, show, all the episodes were encapsulated. It was easy to just catch one episode and right. kind of enjoy it. And so it created a, an awareness of the show that fed people into watch the new episodes on NBC, and then it became a huge hit, right? Uh, so that was a case of syndication creating an, uh, um, uh, an audience for the show that then helped the, live the show. actual right. show. So that's what's happened with Netflix, with Breaking Bad, and with uh, The Walking Dead yeah. in particular. Um, now those reruns go to Netflix, and it cultivates an audience that wants to see the new episodes, and then you know they come to right. the new episodes. So the viewership for Breaking Bad uh, exploded in its fourth and fifth year right. because people got into the third season on Netflix, and the same thing happened with The Walking Dead. So it's, it's, this has been happening on That's TV uh, for a long time. It's just it's happening on Netflix and Hulu now instead of in syndicated television. I got. I am so spoiled with uh, not watching commercials that for a while I had canceled cable, and then I got it back because uh, they broke into my house and and you know just put it in my house. I couldn't stop them. Right? <laughs> it was it was an ugly scene, ugly. But uh, I went completely streaming. I, I'm really spoiled with uh, commercials now, and I'm going to tell you it's going to be harder and harder for these networks to make money. Uh, I got. Uh, I wish. Yeah. I wish I could. I wish I was the one that could come up with the idea of how these networks can make money and not actually have commercials because somebody's going to have to. I wish. I hope it's me. Yeah. Well, that's the. You know, the thing that's that's interesting too about this moment is that the technology makes it harder to make money Boy, off no of kidding. advertising, yeah. right? Because in in broadcast television, they put the commercials in. Uh, the show, and they assume that uh, if you watch the show, you saw the commercials, right? Right. But with DVRs now, um, I record everything. I, I, I almost never watch something I know. live. I know because you want to watch it on your time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I want to see it when when I want to see it. You know, I don't want to see it when it airs. I want to see it when I have time to watch it. Correct. And also, I don't want to sit through the commercials, right? So I use right. my DVR to breeze right through the commercials, and now they can't assume that just because I'm part of that three-day rating, because now um, in advertising, as you know, um, they, they sell commercial time on the three-day rating, not just who watches it when it airs, but who watches it for the next three days. Right. So um, they can't assume that because I saw it that I actually saw the commercials. So what's happening is they're doing a lot more product placement. They're, they're putting I see, And you see that more and more. You see more. that more and more. Um, they're figuring out ways to configure the commercials so it will stop you while you're fast-forwarding through them. Uh, and, and that's actually been kind of effective. Like if you watch 
uh, Saturday Night Live is, 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 a, is a great example. Nobody watches or very few people watch Saturday Night Live live. Right. You know, they either watch it online or they DVR it and they watch it later. I watch it on Sunday mornings. So when I'm fast-forwarding through the commercials, they have a little interstitial bit where they show you, um, they, they show them setting up the next sketch that's going to come up. Yeah. So they have the two stars of the sketch. They're usually standing around, you know, figuring right. out where they're going to stand when the sketch starts. And the makeup people are working on them or whatever. And they show the logo in the corner of the, of the, of the screen. If you're fast-forwarding, it looks like the show's starting back. Right, so you right? stop. So, so you might stop. And I, just ha- I know they do this, and I still do it all the time. <laughs> I will stop to see if the show's restarting. Right. And then I wind up seeing the commercial that airs right and after that. Because you don't want to fast know? forward and miss it because you know it's coming up in another minute. That's the, um, you know, the argument, though, to that. And it's funny that you, I was uh, kind of uh, the three-day rating. They, ought to, they, they should actually do that for uh, a couple more days out because – you think about that, like if a show's on Monday, uh, and I DVR it, uh, mm-hmm. and they usually do it for like seven days, sometimes more. If I yeah. uh, if I watch it on demand, uh, I can't fast forward the new shows. Right. Uh, if I right. DVR it, uh, then you know obviously you're you know flying through them as much as you can because nobody wants to see the commercials, which is weird because I, I love commercials, but. For some reason, when I'm watching a show, it seems like I'm supposed to hate them, so I fast-forward them. I'm not quite sure I understand right. that either. Um, but uh, there's, they should push that a little bit farther out, but that's another another story in itself. Well, okay. actually, I mean, I, I think the industry is there, – there are some um, TV providers who sell advertising based on the seven-day um, right. model. Right. And there are some TV providers, there's some cable TV channels that, for example, w- will only put out press releases with ratings for the seven days. Uh, the problem is that it takes so long uh, to find out what the rating is that it's it's hard for journalists like me to know how successful the show was. Right. All right. So and, hold on, Eric. Um, I got I got I got a break, and then we'll uh, sure. we'll get right back to you. Uh, Eric Deggins joining me here on the Jeff Fisher Radio Show on the Blaze Radio Network. More in a moment. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, so I went long, and we're up against the clock. Still a little bit more with Eric Deggins and the future of television coming up on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. All right, joining me on the broadcast is uh, Eric Deggins, uh, NPR uh, television critic. And uh, what, what did you call yourself again? <laughs> bon vivant. Yeah, yeah, that, that word. I'm not calling Man you that. Town. I, I can't call you that. That's a, I get in trouble for, if I call you that. We were talking a little <laughs> bit about yeah, the Emmys. They don't let you use French. Here, do they? <laughs> 
Uh, we were talking a little bit about the Emmys and television, and then I uh, kind of wanted to talk to Eric a little bit about, uh, you know, we see the future of television uh, as it, it is is breaking out. Um, do you think that uh, this uh, plethora of television and online streaming is, are we going to, are we going to get farther and farther away from, from cable companies? Um, well, that's, that's a challenge right now. Um, there's, I think it's a, a generational thing. Um, young um, view consumers uh, do not want to pay for a bunch of channels that they don't watch. Again, you know, as I said earlier, TV right now is about what the viewer wants. You know, and and anybody who provides television um, who isn't who doesn't have top of mind catering to the whims of the viewer is going to lose out. And and the cable companies, um, I, I take my hat off to them in a way because they've managed to avoid giving viewers what they want for a long time. But now we've reached a point where the technology is just inescapable. Right. And and so now, you know, you have Sling TV and you have um, these what they call skinny bundles, uh-huh. you know. Um, they're, they're, everybody's figuring out ways to give especially younger consumers uh, smaller bundles of channels because they well, I mean they have to look the uh, younger consumers especially are not going to pay for fifty channels they don't watch. No, right. I mean when I when I canceled cable uh, not long ago when I pulled the plug, uh, I I couldn't. It was financially bad for me to completely pull it out. They made it, you know. So look, if you just want to keep your your internet, uh, it'll be cheaper if you keep your internet. And the basic cable. Right. Okay, so I'm like, okay, well, all right, well, then I'll just keep the basic cable then, fine. Because I'm not going to, you know, why spend, you know, 30 or $40 more a month on just streaming? I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, I'm dumb. Right. I got it, but I'm not stupid. And uh, so, I mean, they, they are finding ways around it. Sooner or later, though, that's, that is even going to stop. I mean, my you say the younger generation. I mean, I'm 155 years old, and I get it. I don't even want to do it. You know what I mean? Only, I, I don't even want to do it. You know, you look amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. you. got to tell me what you did. Yeah, it's a skin but, cream. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's totally true. There's, I mean, I, you know... The, the you know we're talking averages you know we're averaging over you know uh, millions of consumers but yeah there's lots of people who are our age and older who also don't like the idea of paying for a bunch of cable channels they don't watch um, and and um, you know there was an interview with Les Moonves who's the president of CBS where he was talking about this he's saying that this is the new thing now is these skinny bundles of channels so yeah, that well. people can pay uh, a smaller fee usually it's streaming. You know, usually it's some kind of streaming service, and they pay a smaller fee, and then they have access to a a, a smaller, very niche focused. Right. Welcome uh, to the party, Les. Cable channels. Welcome to the party, Les. Appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, um, and it's interesting because all of these, you know, CBS and Showtime and HBO, you know, they all have these standalone streaming services yeah, they do. now, where you know, if if all you want is HBO, you know, you can pay them. You know, X number of dollars a month, and just have that. I you like don't the even CBS have have cable service. Yeah, I like the CBS. Know? Yeah, the CBS plan is actually uh, pretty good. Where they, uh, you can, uh, they let you stream the new shows uh, for free uh, within mm-hmm. the first, I think, seven days or something. And then, if you want anything like that, then you have to subscribe. 
And uh, that's pretty yeah. good. I mean, that's a pretty good plan because you're, there are, yeah, they're, they're, they're on they're, every uh, cable they're, network they're anyway. Fee, I think it's uh, like six, like seven bucks, six yeah. ninety nine a month, I think yeah. is what it is. And that, I mean, this stuff starts to add up. You know, it sure you does. You have Hulu and you have Showtime <laughs> and you have CBS. You know, it HBO sure does. Add up. But if that's all you want, yeah. I mean, it, sure, it adds up quick. It adds up quick. And then the next thing you know, you're paying, you know, $290 in cable and pl- on top of everything else. And then you're. Then you're you're hearing a female in the house that you're married to be unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you think about it, though, I mean, if you're not, I mean, uh, I think sports is, is one of the places yeah, where live events. this is still very problematic. Live know, events, man. It's hard to guarantee if you're a sports nut, you're going to be able to see everything you want without having yeah. a cable. But if you don't care about that, then you could get Sling TV, which has like 20, I think 20 channels on it, including ESPN. Um, and uh, and you could get HBO, um, you know, direct. Um, yeah. You could even get CBS direct, and you pay yes. less than if you um, bought the kind of packages that would give you all those channels and cable, which would also include you know all these other channels that you don't care about. So uh, I think for the person who has a kind of a focused media diet, um, it, it makes sense. Uh, but for somebody like me, who you know, like one day I want to watch. Um, you know CNN, and then the next day I want to watch MTV Live, and then the next day I want to watch HBO, and the next day I want to watch you know Stars, and then I want to binge on Netflix. Still, it still makes more sense to have cable. Yes, it know? does. I know. I know. That's why I. That's why they they came back and they broke into my house, Eric. That's why. <laughs> that's exactly why they did that. Just when you thought you were out, they brought you back in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Eric Deggins from uh, NPR, television critic, also an author. Uh, an author of a book called Race Bader, How the Media Wheels Dangerous Words to Divide the Nation. Eric? Yes. I'm part of the media. That hurts. What's that? I'm part of the media. That hurts. You are. That hurts. That hurts. I don't want to divide the nation, Eric. (laughs) Well, you know. I haven't listened to your show enough to know if you fit in that de- in that definition. Um, you know, Glenn Beck is uh, in the book. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I, I know that. I know that, Eric. He's in the book. Trust me. He's in the book. So um, the, the, the book itself uh, talks about how there are some media outlets and some programs um, where their stance on race and the way they talk about race is an essential part of their appeal. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll use, a, uh, I'll, I'll use an, uh, an example that's not in-house. I'll talk about Fox News, which has been in the news lately. Yes, they have. Um, you know, Fox, Fox News, um, there's, a, there's a vision that guides that channel. Um, it was created by Roger Ailes, the creator of the channel. And it is a vision that is pretty much middle-aged, cons- politically conservative white guy. You know, and, and what appears on that channel and the way it's framed and the anchors that deliver that framing um, are all, from the perspective, friendly to, appealing to, middle-aged, conservative white males. Um, the, 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 the guys who are anchors on the channel all fit that mold. The yeah. women who are on that channel all appeal to that kind of sensibility. They're attractive to that kind of sensibility. And the stories and the way they're discussed and the punditry and the way they discuss things, it's all framed from that point of view. And so um, that means that, you know, that 
you know, surveys, and I, in the book I talk about it, surveys and, and studies tell us that that demographic has a certain way of viewing uh, race relations, racial issues, racial prejudice, the idea of institutional prejudice, that there are institutions in American life like the criminal justice system or media that, um, that have prejudice and stereotypes embedded in them. You know, that demographic has a certain way of viewing all those issues, and Fox News talks about those issues from that viewpoint. And, um, and so that viewpoint sort of benefits one side of the equation and doesn't the other and treats one side of the equation as sort of uh, the, the embodiment of truth and other parts of that equation less so. And, um, you know, in my book, I sort of dissect how Fox News talks about a few different racial controversies. And, um, and, it's, and it's obvious which sensibility is guiding the conversation. And so what happens is it's when, when people of color and women um, are not able to have their point of view adequately rep- represented, um, then, that, then, then that, that ends up being divisive because people get frustrated and they have to find a way um, to have their perspectives acknowledged as much as other people's perspectives. You know, you so wrote, that's where the, the dividing the nation part comes from. This has been out for uh, three or four years now. Uh, it might be time yeah. for a part two. Uh, there's yeah, a lot you know, of actually, within um, that I'm time period about a way of uh, updating it. Yeah, the, within yeah. that time period, uh, from uh, now until the time you put this out, uh, there's been a lot go on. There's been quite yeah, a bit happening. You know, sort of the advent of, I mean, just you know, Netflix and and online stuff was in its infancy when I wrote the book. So that's one thing that's really important. But also, um, you know, network television has changed a lot, and so the the um, the, the chapter that talks about network television talked about network television bef- right before it got this huge influx of diversity. Um, so, um, so, that, so that chapter certainly needs uh, updating. And, of course, uh, the book came out um, right – it came out in October 2012, so it was right before the election with Mitt Romney and, uh, and Barack Obama. So there was a whole chapter on politics and media that was very much focused on the 2012 election – and and now, of course, it, you know, that whole political landscape is very different. Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Quite <laughs> a bit. Quite a bit different. In fact, it's huge. It's hugely it, different. It is hugely different. It is absolutely <laughs> hugely different. And you know what? We're just going to leave it right there. We're going to leave it right there, Eric, because I, 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 I don't know that I can pull any more hair out of my head. Eric Deggins, NPR. I appreciate it very much. Like him if you did, hey, where's my rim shot? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. It was there. You might not have heard it, but it was there. I promise. Uh, Eric Deggins, NPR. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. Always This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show is on. It is 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, uh, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, and uh, Instagram at JeffyMRA. We've got uh, 
Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags, all coming up uh, later today, right after this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. And then, of course, the uh, Sundays, I mean, David Barton, Bill Handel, Jackie D with Energy Talk, little Gun Talk, little Hollywood 360. No need to go anywhere else on the weekend than the Blaze Radio Network. You know that. Theblaze.com slash radio. And if you can't make some of these shows live, or you want to hear them again, like this show, of course you'll want to hear again, you go to theblaze.com slash radio and download the shows and download the segments. Take me with you wherever you go. I'll be there just for you. Okay? I promise. Just you and me. No one else. I don't know if you had an opportunity to see this, but it makes me happy and sad at the same time. The highest paid celebrities of 2016. You have an opportunity to see this. I mean, okay. That makes me happy because, look, I'm, you're supposed to be happy for people to be successful because that's what we want. We want people to be successful. We want other people to be successful, which leads to your success and more success of other humans. That's part of the deal. But. You know, then it makes me sad, too, because the top 25, man, it's just it's an awful lot of money. <laughs> it's an awful lot of money. I mean, the top, well, 25 to 15, you've got uh, Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen, Jackie Chan, Diddy, Calvin Harris, David Copperfield, Dwayne Johnson, The Rolling Stones, ACDC, Roger Federer, and Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is at $70 million. Okay, Paul McCartney, peanuts at $56 million, $56,500,000. But now McCartney's been doing that for a lot of years. And it's fascinating that the Rolling Stones make sixty-six five. And uh, congratulations! Don't forget, uh, Mick Jagger just had a uh, you know is going to have a new little baby at uh, however old he is, seventy-two. And uh, man, whew, that's a tough call right there. And uh, then then we go to uh, Rihanna, Ellen DeGeneres, Madonna, LeBron James, and uh, Rush Limbaugh coming in at number ten, seventy-nine million dollars. And the top nine: Adele, eighty million. Lionel Messi, $81 million. Howard Stern, $85 million. Kevin Hart, $87 million. Ronaldo, $88 million. Dr. Phil, Dr. Phil, $88 million. James Patterson, $95 million. One Direction. $110 million. That's an awful lot of money. I mean, congratulations. Like, you know, Rush at 79, Adele 80, Lionel Messi, Howard Stern, Kevin Hart, Ronaldo, Dr. Phil, James Patterson. Those are all single single people. You have your entourage, of course, and your business that you have to pay for. One Direction, I mean, you got to break up the $110 million, so that's kind of tough. And coming in at number one, coming in at number one, at the highest paid celebrities of 2016, say it with me, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, number one. Now, One Direction is a band. They made $110 million. Taylor Swift, one human being, 
$170 million. I mean, congratulations. God bless you. But at some point, you've made too much money, don't you think? I think so. I think that's at some point you have. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? Thanks for coming along for the ride today. I appreciate it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can be very satisfied with listening live on the Blaze Radio Network. And if you hear something you want to hear again or look for other uh, talent that we have on uh, podcasts, you can go to theblaze.com slash radio and just scroll down and check out uh, all the separate little podcasts we have just for you. Just for you. And it's growing. Uh, More and more uh, talent um, on our podcast page for you to enjoy and uh, get information from. Okay. So... Let's talk a little bit about drones, shall we? We've talked about quite a bit on this uh, program. Um, And everyone, I don't know if you have one yet. Um, I do not, and I want one bad. Um, Although I don't know why I want one, I just do. I mean, I've got the, you know, how many many little helicopters can I crash? Right? Let's go, look at me a drone that I can crash. Uh, I really want one bad. And uh, so I'll put it on my list. Okay. When you think to yourself, hey, what can I, if you're out there and you're thinking to yourself, what can I get Jeff Fisher as a gift? Because I so appreciate his broadcasts and he just means so much to me. I need to show my appreciation. A drone would be fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, Just send it here to the Mercury Studios in care of me. And, uh, you know, I'll let you see it. And you got to learn to fly it right. At one, (laughs) there's a guy. Uh, a couple of people here, uh, one of them used to work here, and uh, he was uh, he's on the cutting edge, actually, of flying drones and being able to film with them. And he's on the cutting edge of that because he was out of work for a while, and so he got himself a drone and taught himself how to fly it. And, and he was forever showing me videos that he was taking, and it was just practice videos of you know him flying around and going between buildings and stuff and uh really cool and he ought to just go out to hollywood and say hey i'm your now your drone cameraman and uh, pay me uh there was another guy that came here to film uh some stuff and you may have seen it it was uh, it was posted it's posted somewhere i could find it um he was uh his company or he was the company uh with his drone and a camera and he would film stuff for you know he was freelance artist of filming with his drone and so he practiced and he came through the building here and they went up over the mercury studio sign and came back down and they were filming glenn walking through and so he misjudges the top of the mercury studios and it crashed hard i mean it broke the dick (laughs) he was pissed and i don't blame him because it's a lot of money but it's your fault dude uh you know what your fault but you got to learn to fly those bad boys. If you're going to be trying to make some money or deliveries, 
uh, you know, you've got to learn to fly them, which is, you know, why we're at the time of, you know, drone deliveries and why they really haven't happened uh, as fast as we were hoping, or at least as fast as I was hoping, uh, because it takes a little bit more work than you could imagine to deliver packages, to fly around uh, populated areas. Uh, this area that we're in, for instance, is a big Amazon area. They've got a huge warehouse uh, not far from here. And this is one of their, supposed to be, you know, in the future, one of their prototype uh, areas where they're going to have drone deliveries. They already have a same-day delivery in this area. And, and, you know, how great is that? In the morning, you see something you want, order it on Amazon, it's to you uh, within a couple of hours. I mean, that's, that's world-class. But yesterday, there was a big milestone in drone deliveries. 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven made the milestone, which is you know fascinating that they would make the milestone. Um, they used a drone to deliver an order to a family in Reno, Nevada. The company partnered with a drone startup, uh, Flirty. Okay, so if you want to, you know, go to work uh, for uh, a drone company, it's up and coming. Flirty, there's your company. Uh, the company said it'd be the first time a drone has legally delivered a package to a U.S. resident who placed an order from a retailer. Oh my gosh! What was? I had a big crash behind me. Thought somebody was breaking in, and all it is is my briefcase falling over and coffee spilling everywhere. That, that's not good. It was not a drone. Although that's what's going to happen when I start flying my drone around. Things are going to start crashing behind me. <laughs> How many of those little helicopters you gone through? Just between me and you. How many? Because I know I probably still have one in the garage that is, is still in the box that I'm afraid to open because it's one of those. It's really cool. And I like the way it looks. But I don't want to open it because if I open it and start flying around, I'm going to crash it. It's going to be done. I was actually a little nervous behind me. Hold on. I should, I'll wait till the break, but I should, you know, pick it up. There's coffee everywhere. Wish we had a drone cleaner. So it took two drone flights to deliver all the items ordered. Two drone flights for a chicken sandwich and Slurpees. Um, they were pretty fascinating. Uh, Flirty wants to work with uh, 7-Eleven for uh, other drone deliveries in the future. Um, Amazon, Google, uh, Facebook are all, uh, you know, back practicing with drones. Uh, Federal Aviation Administration uh, has, you know, drone regulations. Uh, they have pushed them. Uh, they do a lot of testing overseas because of the FAA. Yeah, I wouldn't want us to test everywhere. No, let it be overseas. That's a good idea. <sighs> Agonizing. Now, the state of Nevada is one of six FAA drone testing sites. That's nice of them. Thank you, FAA. We appreciate it. Uh, now, in March, Flirty made a, the first uh, federally sanctioned uh, anonymous drone delivery in a U.S. urban area to an abandoned home. Uh, they also used a drone to deliver uh, medical supplies to uh, in rural Virginia last summer. And that drone actually is 
being displayed at the Smithsonian. That's kind of cool. But 7-Eleven makes the first drone delivery. Uh, when you, you know, you get that on, there's uh, your little tidbit of trivia for you. Who was the first company to deliver food to a U.S. home? 7-Eleven. Chicken sandwich and Slurpees. Yay. And then Facebook, of course, is testing their uh, drones for Internet drone. You know, the Internet beaming drones, which are a little bit different than the delivery drones. No question. But uh, they just did uh, – Facebook just tested theirs. Um, it's pretty cool looking. It's a big thing. I mean, it's a big drone. But they want to, uh, you know, be able to fly these uh all around and give places without internet, internet. Now, it's really cool because they want to, uh, first of all, they want to give it away. Facebook doesn't want to own it. Huh? Uh, They aim to give away the blueprints for its drones to other internet devices so that anyone from local governments to internet service providers can construct a new way to get internet signals into hard-to-reach places. Um, Okay. Uh, Dear Facebook, uh, Okay, thank you. We appreciate it very much. But the plan is to power these drones, and, and they're big. Um, what's the size of the Facebook drone? Um, 140 feet, something like that. Um, really big. They want to power these with the sun so they can stay uh, you know, aloft for months at a time. And uh, they eventually want to install solar panels that plug into... Uh, Yet unspecified battery technology. Uh, check with Tesla in a year. Suitable to flights that climb uh, to about sixty to ninety thousand feet, where the temperatures are, of course. Hello. Now, uh, I know Google is working on uh, the same kind of thing with uh, the internet drones and internet balloons. We're going back to the balloons, the balloon days. Kind of weird. Yeah, kind of just a little weird. Um, now, Amazon had this idea for their drones that's kind of cool. Um, and it got me thinking about uh, different ways to do this. But um, they want to use streetlights and church steeples for refueling stations for the drones. Um. The docking stations, uh, and they have the pictures here. It's kind of, you know, kind of cool looking. But I, I originally saw this, and I thought they want to use the church steeples and the light, you know, the street lights for the docking stations because uh, you know they can extend the range by providing recharging and refueling stations. Um, they can include package handling facilities and can act as final destination for a delivery hub. They can include navigational aid to guide the UABs to the docking stations and to provide routing information from central control. They can be incorporated into existing structures such as cell towers, light and power poles, and buildings. Okay, well, that's kind of cool, right? But I got to thinking, how many stories have we heard, or at least I have read anyway, about the post office doing away with all their mailboxes? Those blue mailboxes, right? So I got me wondering, I wonder if we could use those for recharging docking stations. And you could put those anywhere. And it would be owned by Amazon. 
And you could make it, you know, if you made it generic enough, other companies could use your recharging stations, which you could charge them for. Uh, you're welcome, Amazon. This is, you know, this is on me. Okay. On me to you. Uh, I know it's not high up, so I guess we'd have to, you know, kind of, I guess we'd worry about a little bit more about security. And uh, the power lines are already in the street lights, and now they're not in the church steeples, though. Um, but they would be throughout the neighborhood, so you could uh, really use them to recharge, and it would be good for them to pick up uh, uh, GPS tones from those uh, to know where they're at and what they're doing and where they have to deliver. Anyway, it's just a thought. Uh, perhaps the post office could, uh, I don't know, work on uh, uh, developing that and, uh, I don't know, make a little money instead of losing money. Uh, maybe if you had a good postmaster general. Oh, I know. I, I, I'm willing to be your postmaster general. Always wanted that title. Uh, perhaps we could work on that and create, uh, instead of just uh, making me drive by the uh, post office and see 18,000 blue boxes packed in the back getting rusty doing nothing, uh, maybe we could use those and uh, you know help move the future forward instead of looking back and losing money. Hey, that's just a thought from me. What do I know? You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. is the phone number. How many of you have used LOL? Well, you searched and they noticed the Internet's most popular English language dictionary is adding more than 300 new words and terms, including mom jeans, lumbersexual, and manspread. The latest additions were selected on the basis of cultural relevance and search volume, which means that somewhere out there, people are apparently confused about the term athleisure. Athleisure is a style of clothing inspired by athletic apparel, but also worn as casual everyday wear. Butt hurt. Mental distress or irritation caused by an overreaction to a perceived personal slight. Free-range parenting. That seems like that should have been uh, already in there. A style of child-rearing in which parents allow their children to move about without without constant adult supervision. Aimed at instilling independence and self-reliance. That's been a while for that one. A little late on that one. Ghosting. A practice of suddenly ending all contact with a person without explanation especially in a romantic relationship. How many of you have done that? Raise your hand if you've actually ghosted out of a relationship before. That's what I thought. It's hard to do. Lumbersexual. I mean, hello. A man whose style of dress and appearance is reminiscent of the ruggedly masculine stereotype of the lumberjack. 
man spread. I'll tell you what they think it is. Uh, to sit with one's legs far apart, taking up too much space on a, on a seat shared with other people. And that's, uh, I mean, we've talked about that before, uh, riding on trains and stuff. you got to make yourself bigger so that nobody sits next to you, right? But on the... On a lot of the trains, and I took the train, you know, in and out of Manhattan, you know, every day for, you know, quite a while. And, uh, you know, you, A, have to think big. Now, I'll grant you, I was already big. But you got to think bigger than the seat so that that first glance is there's they, nobody's going to sit down next to you. Now, there are plenty of times when the train is after full and you're going to end up having someone sit next to you, and that's the way it is. But for the most part... You got to think big. You got to man spread. You got to put your briefcase down on the seat next to you. You got to put the laptop on your lap. You got to think big. You got to spread out so that, you know, nobody wants to sit next to you. And it works. It works. Mom jeans, unstylish women's jeans. Ooh. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, those got to be right up there with the skinny jeans, right? The mom jeans and the woof. Uh, NBD, no big deal. NBD, no big deal. LOL, laugh out loud. And totes, T O T E S, totally. How uh, you get uh, one, two, three, four, five, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So totes saves you two. <laughs> Saves you two two letters uh, on your tweet. So, I mean, maybe you need it. Sometimes maybe you don't. Uh, we're going to have to go through. I'm going to go. have to go through the uh, – we're going to have to go take a look at the 300 and see what some of them actually are. They might be good. We might have to go through those next week because I am in love with some of these. I mean, these new words. Come on now. We've been – been using it for quite some time. And speaking of next week, I'm excited. We're going to have uh, we're going to talk to uh, Sandra Lansky and uh, her son, uh, the daughter and grandson of Myra Lansky. You know, the gangster. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a book, uh, Daughter of the King, growing up in Gangland, which is fascinating, and the grandson. Uh, I, you know, lives in Tampa. They live in Tampa, of course. I mean, Tampa was the big, uh, you know, the big mob town for a long time. And, uh, some say it still is. Um, and, uh, so it'll be fascinating to hear her and hear some of her tales of actually, I mean, Myra Lansky was, Myra Lansky was the, the guy that was, uh, you know, the money man in the, the heyday of the gangsters. And, uh. It'll be fascinating to uh, see how she was raised uh, with the uh, with the mob all around. I'm sure it's just sit down and shut up, okay? Sit down and shut up. And this headline, I don't even want to read. I don't even want to go into it any deeper than the headline, okay? But I just want you to know that fat isn't nearly as bad for you as they thought. Uh, Once again, we were told one thing. The exact opposite is true. And do I love to see headlines 
that say fat isn't as bad for you as we thought. <sighs> this is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. How are you? Thanks for coming along for the ride today. Now, this ties into the uh, uh, we are not, uh, fat isn't as bad for you as we thought. Uh, Did you realize that inquiries about male breast reduction surgery is up 65%? 65% in a year. The number of men seeking breast reduction moob jobs is going through the roof. Now, they tie it to more and more body-conscious males are inquiring about operations to reduce the size of their breasts. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, Two-thirds are from 18 to 34, and the highest demand uh, from men aged 25 to 34. A gynecomastia, official name, is a common condition thought to affect 40% of men, and the proportion appears to be rising. The condition can be provoked by an imbalance of sex hormones. You know... Isn't that all the stuff that we put in our milk and our food? Could that have anything to do with it? I wonder. Hmm. It can also be triggered by certain medication like antidepressants. Are the prescriptions for those up? I think so. Uh, heart and liver pills. Hmm. Cancer drugs. Hmm. Anabolic steroids. Hmm. Illegal drugs like cannabis. All right. But don't smoke pot. It'll make you have man boobs. Shut up. Surgery can help remove excess fat from the breast. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they're covered by insurance. Anyway, it's up, and uh, I, I can tell you that uh, over the last uh, number of years, uh, I have, uh, I personally have noticed an increase in man boobs. And don't don't judge. Don't judge. Like, Jeff, what are you doing looking at men? You can't help it. All right, if you want to feel good and bad about yourself, uh, and I may have told you this last week, uh, go to a water park. Uh, if you'd like to feel good and bad about yourself all in the same uh, on the same day, same time, same place, go to a water park. Because look to your left, oh, hey, look at that. Man, do I not look that bad. Look to your right, ooh, I look rough compared to that. That's what happens all day long, okay? But I have been to a water park where there was a plethora of man boobs going on. And, you know, hopefully they they can get with their doctor and have that taken care of because, oof, man, it is not uh, just because I just because I'm looking uh, doesn't mean that, uh, you know, I'm enjoying it. OK.
How many times have you asked yourself, I wonder if they're lying to me? Are they telling me the truth? Well, I'm going through uh, going through some websites and just, you know, reading stories and this and that. And I find uh, on a site called Daily Entertainment uh, ten ways that you can tell if people are lying to you. And I... And I Kind of look at it. Remember the remember there was a TV show, Lies or Lying or whatever the heck it was. And it was pretty cool because he was using, uh, you know, in depth technique. But his in depth technique really was you know him and what he learned. You know, being uh, being inside uh, uh, tribes and stuff in Africa and how to read people and what goes on with their body uh, when they're talking to you or when they're communicating with you. And according to this list. Uh, you can tell if someone, you know, this might be an indicator with head movement. Someone who is lying will often move their head suddenly in reaction to a question they're being asked. They will sometimes move their head back, tilt their head a little bit to the side, or even bow their head slightly, almost as if they were feeling bad about what they were doing. You can watch for these kind of head movements just before a person is about to answer a question that has been asked of them. So pay attention to head movement. Breathing. The breathing isn't quite as easy to pick up, uh, so you may have to practice a bit to get good at spotting this signal. Someone who is telling a lie will often begin to breathe a bit heavier. You may be able to pick up on this by observing other changes that are triggered by the breathing. They may raise their shoulders, sound of their voice may become a bit more shallow. Changes in breathing are triggered by the nervousness and tension that a person experiences when they tell a lie even if they're not aware of it themselves. Well, and that was the whole thing behind, uh, and that's the whole thing behind videotaping uh, interviews with uh, uh, possible criminals, potential criminals, uh, and uh, and testimony from people about uh, whatever it, the case is. So you can videotape it and see how what they act like uh, when they're answering, you know, Size shoe do you wear? And whether they're answering, did you see Mary last night before she was murdered? (laughs) And those are the two exact questions you get asked right in a row. What size shoe do you wear? When's the last time you saw Mary before she was murdered? On the other hand, stillness. Stillness may be able to tell uh, if a person is lying because of their lack of movement, because it's natural for people to move when they're talking. You know, we talk to each other. We kind of move around a little bit. And you know the person. Uh, and, and, you know, it's better to know them, right? I mean, it's easier to tell if they're, if someone is lying to you when you know them. Right? Because you're familiar with their, and that's where we're talking about the film. You're able to go back and look. Because if you know them, you know, well, he never, he never does that. Or he only does that when he's lying. Repeating things. Sometimes lying will prompt people to repeat certain things as if they're really trying to drive home a point. It's probably because they're attempting to convince themselves that what they're saying is true. It's a way they can validate their lies in their own mind. It's also quite possible that repeating things over and over could be used as a delaying tactic. to help to provide them more time to organize their thoughts. Too much information. Is another another way that you can tell if someone is lying to you. Someone who is lying will sometimes go to extremes to provide information and details that go beyond 
what was asked of them, right? And uh, in their own mind, it makes them more believable if they provide extra information and show that they're willing to provide lots of information when queried. Covering and touching. Very easy way to tell if someone uh, may be lying is seeing them touch or even cover their mouth with their hand. This is a subconscious reaction that demonstrates that they are being forced to deal with a subject they are not comfortable with. It's an easy way to spot a liar because they're demonstrating that they don't want to tell the truth about something. Okay. Uh, Number seven, more covering. In addition to their moves and cover their mouths, liars will often cover up areas of their body that are instinctively vulnerable. Uh, They sometimes make moves to cover areas of their head, their throat, abdomen, chest. It may seem a bit odd, but these are the same areas which someone may want to cover before engaging in physical combat. It all goes back to the primitive instincts that we all have to protect ourselves when we feel that we're engaged in dangerous or risky behavior. Uh, The liar shuffle. Sometimes someone is telling you a lie. They'll have a tendency to shuffle their feet. Another reaction to the discomfort. Well, that's the moving, right? The the covering and touching, more covering, the moving around, a little fidgety. Uh, loss for words. Lying sets off a whole slew of events in the body, and a lot of them are fueled by nervousness. Now, this can cause the mouth to become dry. It'll make speech more difficult. It's something that is likely to worsen a longer person continues to tell the lie. Some people also display a tendency to bite their lip when they're lying. Yeah, I mean, those are the tells, right? I mean, that's you've got to know the person. As we you know talked about earlier, you've got to kind of know those are the tells of someone is lying. Blinking, we all blink our eyes frequently without even having to think about it. It helps to keep our eyes lubricated and free of foreign objects. Some liars, particularly those that make a career out of it. I don't know anyone like that. Know that blinking too often looks suspicious and sometimes they will overcompensate by maintaining eye contact with someone they are lying to and not blinking. They also use it as a way to control, manipulate, and intimidate. Hmm. But uh, that might backfire. You know what to look for. Yeah, I mean, these really are, you know, good tips on ways to tell if someone is lying to you. But uh, really, it's more importantly to just kind of pay attention uh, to who you're talking to and what they're doing when they're talking to you. Very simple. And if you know the person, you get a pretty good idea if they're telling you the truth or not. Uh, If you don't know the person, it makes it just a little bit harder. And you have to kind of believe in them. And if you believe in them, I'm sure it's harder to believe that they're actually lying to you. Right? Yeah, of course. Now, I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to the Olympics. My feet just shuffled. I didn't blink my eyes. I covered my mouth and my throat and my chest, and I'm kind of dry, and I'm looking the other way, and now I'm staring right at you. I am looking forward to the Olympics. Whoa. Man, am I looking forward to the Olympics. I'm not. The only thing that's going to make this Olympics worth watching, and this is... Wow, is this sad because we want to see how bad it's going to be in Brazil. Now, the Olympics usually always pull it off, right? I mean, that's what they do. They whine and cry, and they're never going to make it, and they're up against the back, up against the clock, and they're never going to make it, and boy, look how crappy it is, and then they pull it off. So what you see is this beautiful Olympic thing, and you hear about 
you know, two hotels that didn't have any beds and the walls weren't done, but there were a place for people to sleep and everything was fine. Uh, but Brazil is really struggling, uh, getting ready for these Olympics. None the least of which to worry about is the Zika virus, right? And they are, you know, there's plenty. I mean, you, I don't even, you're not even talking about the Soviet Union. I mean, Russia, uh, you know, getting their people banned and arguing over that deal. And uh, a lot of people saying oh, they're not going. We're not going to go to Brazil. I'm not going. And then there's people that are going, like the story I read about Hope Solo. She's packing, you know, the story is she's packing an insane amount of bug repellent. Well, good for you, Hope. I mean, that's a good idea, but good luck, God bless. I hope you don't fall in the river. I mean, it's it's going to be... I am looking forward to the Olympics, man. Oh, I cannot wait. And then, speaking of uh, the Zika virus, the first baby with Zika-related birth defect, born in New York City. Yay! This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. returns on the blaze radio network that it does thank you very much for coming along for the ride today chris salcedo coming up right after this broadcast on the blaze radio network i'm sure he'll have some thoughts about the republican convention that took place last week i'm sure he'll have some more thoughts about the democratic convention coming up this coming week i'm sure he'll have some thoughts about the 18 year old gunman who killed nine people in munich uh and according to this report, was obsessed with mass shootings, but German police say had no known links to Islamic State group. Okay. Good. That's why how the French uh, terrorist uh, in Nice was a lone wolf until now we know he was working for over a year and had five or six accomplices and probably more to come on that. (laughs) But don't you worry about this 18-year-old gunman who killed nine people in Munich. And I think uh, four or five of them were kids because it was by a McDonald's. And there were reports that he uh, hacked a Facebook page for McDonald's and invited a bunch of people to come down for free dinner so he could get more kids there uh, to kill. Nice guy. And there were also witnesses who said he was uh, yelling Ali Akbar as he was killing them. Um I Oh, I know. I, I know just because someone yells that doesn't make them affiliated with any terrorist group or or religious affiliation. <laughs> Man, I mean, I don't, don't think I'm judging at all when I talk about that because I'm not ever, okay? Now, this... Take this with you for the week. I want you to think about this. When you know, people don't listen to you, you want people to listen to you, and I just want you to listen. That's all. That's all I want. I just want you to listen, honey. I know I may have said it a thousand times and repeated myself over and over again, but to me it's like the first time, and I just want you to listen to me, okay? I know you've 
I know you don't want to listen to the same thing over and over and over again, but I just want you to listen to me. In Japan, coming to America soon, um, you can rent a person to come and sit and just listen. The people who rent me are just asking me to keep them company for an hour or two and just listen. Isn't that special? You can rent someone to just listen to you. You know, as I read this, it makes me think that, huh, it's almost prostitution. No, 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 no. That's not, are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh, man, Jeff, you are dumb. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. Appreciate it. You look great today, by the way. I didn't didn't have a chance to tell you yet, but you do. You look great. Except, oh, man, you're not going to wear that, uh, wear what you're wearing all day, are you? Ooh. Okay, looks good on you. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.